Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Knock On Podcast brought to you by Zero Tackle. Gary, what a week of rugby league it has been. It was really difficult narrowing it down to three discussion points for this. I might have put a few hot ones later in the thing, but um, it is what it is, mate. This has been a week that has been controversial and a lot of fun, and I think everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a barbecue. Luke, Luke Brooks gets a barbecue. Now, how how else could the West Tigers say thank you to a player who has played, what, 200 games for them? Never taken mm-hmm. them to a finals appearance. Never even got close, really. Uh, I gave him a barbecue. Wow, a barbecue. Okay. Um, okay, that's all I can say, really, is like, thanks. Like, how inconvenient that they built it as well. Now he's going to pull it apart to stick it in his car to drive home. <laughs> I don't, mate. I'm torn on this one. It's a, it's a nice gesture. Yeah, it's a great gesture. Like, the amount of Tigers fans up in arms about this and the amount of people that can't see how hilarious it is is really bothering me. The bloke's standing there with his, with his child and his partner. And there's just this random barbecue in the middle. <laughs> okay, awesome. And and then other I saw other people go, oh well, they didn't have to get him anything. Yet look, they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's great in theory, and who knows? Who knows, right? Luke Brooks may be a, a barbecuer and not the James Maloney type of barbecue. He may be a you know steak consigliere or you know loves himself a good snag on the barbie but man do it in private don't wheel a barbecue out on the field like god i don't know god help the tigers eh? because no matter what they do it's wrong because everything they seem to do is wrong (laughs) and once again i go back to the fans and the tigers fans are up in arms because People like yourself and I are having a bit of a laugh about it. And they're saying, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a nice gesture and he's he's on record as saying he loves to cook. And that that is absolutely fantastic. But I just want to draw a picture. There's a man standing in the middle of an empty stadium with a random barbecue behind him. This is a bloke who has been at the club for as long as we can remember. And the raps on him were humongous. Now, I, don't, I don't want to get into the, you know, zero finals. Well, I snuck it in just quietly. But there were a lot of Tigers fans that were coming at me and saying, well, what would you have given him? And I said, well, he's, he's earned close to $6.5 million from the club, which he, he's earned, and that's debatable. But their contracts, and he's lived up to it. I think he had one season where he was largely unavailable, but otherwise he's been he's been available. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is a chat for another time. And this was a bloke who, you know, undernard and tried to lead the club and they said no. And then they tried to wrestle him and he said no. And finally, there's come a split. He's off to Manly. He didn't get a home game, which I laugh was very funny. But I don't mean that. I wish he had got a send-off and I wish it had been at one of their seven other home grounds, not the cavernous whatever stadium it is right now. So it is a bit of a shame. But I go back, Terry. It's a guy standing there with a random barbecue. Exactly what you said. This is something that should have happened away from people like me who sit on podcasts and make fun of it. Yes, it's a lovely gesture, but it's a barbecue. Yeah, I had someone say the same thing to me now, like, or what? literally, just before we got in here, what would you have given Luke Brooks? Probably nothing. 
205 games, zero finals appearances, a couple of fat contracts. He's been there since 2013 and hasn't lived up to any of his talent whatsoever, right? I might have given him like a signed jersey, or well, not really even a signed jersey. He can go and get that himself, or like a, a picture frame or something like that. But if I was going to give him something, whether I was going to give him a barbecue or a Ferrari, do it in private. Just private. I know it's well, a nice gesture, but they got it wrong again, the Tigers. Now, Terry, that was a bit of a light, light humour, but something that isn't so light. Josh Schuster's been dropped again. Man, rough scenes out at Manly. You uh, you bat off the uh, the West Tigers and keep the uh, keep Josh Schuster there on, on a big money deal, and six weeks later he's been dropped. And, I mean, this is, you know, he's been dropped for Jacob Arthur. Okay, well, have you turned him? Have you put him on the back row? No, Ben Travojevic is there. Is he on the bench? No, there's a guy named Chan Kum Tong and Aaron Woods. He's not even in the 22. They've got a guy with a broken back in the extended squad and not their star 5'8. Um, what, what, what do they think they're going to achieve by dropping him for the final two years? I get it. Remove him from 5-8, but put him in forwards. Put him on the bench. What What are you going to achieve here by removing? He's been there all year when he's been available. What What are you doing now? What message is that sending? Is it, like You haven't even sent him to Blacktown. You've just sent him into the abyss. That's not going to make him any better. I I don't know. There were some early fans that were saying, oh, we need him playing for Blacktown because we've got to win, blah, blah, blah. He's not eligible for finals. You've got to play a certain amount of games. You can't just say, hey, I'm ready. You've got to play, I think, six or seven. There was yep. a fast school a couple of years ago where a Bulldogs player was put on for the kickoff, then came off. Yeah, and then he went and played first grade. Yeah, he went and played first grade, but he was eligible and he played in the New South Wales Cup final series yep. because they were there and, of course, the Bulldogs weren't. But... This is a bloke they've shelled out huge money for. Now, I think he's on a hiding to nothing here based on the fact that the 800K got out, the fact that he missed a World Cup, you know, where he was going to be an integral player of a team that made the, you know, the final in the end for Samoa. He's missed that to work on his game. Now, I have no doubt that he was, and it had good intentions, but it didn't work. The blokes had two or three good highlights, and don't get me wrong, they've been fun. This is a guy who can be gone missing for 79 minutes, then do something amazing. You're like, gee, Schuster's had a good game. Then you think, no, he hasn't because he's barely done anything. They're signed Luke Brooks to come in and play halves. So Josh Schuster has to play as many minutes in the back row as possible to get his body and his mind ready for his role next year. Sitting him out, I don't even know. He'll probably be named for Blacktown later in the week because they can do that for the next two weeks or, or the next week rather because then it's into finals. I, I don't see a point to this unless it's a – disciplinary, hey, you're dropped and you know why, and they're just having to lease that, which to their credit, they don't need to. That's the only solution I can find here. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense at all. And especially when you said, you know, Ben Ben Trevojevic uh, is on the, the left edge, and that is where Schuster has played, on that left edge. And, you know, their, their big name or the big recruit for the, the left edge back row, Kel Matulangi, he's on the bench as well. So it doesn't like this. Just doesn't make sense. There's, there's. I get it. There's two games to go. Manly can't make the finals now. But this isn't the message that you want to send him. Like it, that. That's that's just not it. That they've got that wrong. Is this some Harvard overthinking at work? Oh, I, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I just think that they've. 
I think they're trying to make a point. There's just a better way to do it. I agree. But uh, more on that later too. But Mm -hmm. let's talk some positivity, Terry. Mm -hmm. The NRL finals. We're in two weeks to go. We have 11 teams that can theoretically make the finals. I'm going to say there's 10 because I'm putting Parramatta. Gonskis? Yeah, Parramatta are done. But as you said on Outlaws, please make sure you jump on. Cronulla can finish as high as fourth or as low as 10th. Talk to me. Yeah, I, I think that's you know it, it would take a, it would take a significant um, turn of events for Cronulla to drop out of the top eight. You're talking about you know the Cowboys need to be perfect and make up a significant points differential. The Roosters need to make up about 190 points as well as win both their games and hope Cronulla don't win one. And again, the Cowboys have to make up. 70 points plus be perfect plus hope Cronulla don't make that up. Now, you, you go to the Cowboys, 70 points. Okay, you, Cronulla could get flogged by Newcastle, get flogged by the Raiders, and the Cowboys can win both their games. But when you're talking about the Roosters, they have to win two games, hope Cronulla lose two games, make up that 190-point differential. That I don't think they can jump it. So I think Cronulla, you can put them in the safe category. Um, I think Newcastle's draw gets them in the safe category as well. Uh, the Raiders for and against sees them a little bit on life support. I'm going to, with the suspension of Latrell Mitchell, I'm going to I'm gonna go bold and say that the Rabbitohs are the team that are going to miss the top eight. I think the, the top seven teams are locked in and I think it's going to come down to a shootout in the final round between the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. And no Latrell, no party. I agree. Everything you said. Now, I was just looking. Scott Pride, who, of course, works, you know, extensively with yours truly at Zero Tackle, wrote a brilliant article. Mm -hmm. He broke it all down. He pretty much said, this can happen, but this needs to happen. This needs to happen. If you want to jump on, have a look. It's fantastic. Really, really in-depth, far more than what we can go into. We'll we'll, we'll drop a link. Drop a link to that in the comment section as well. Absolutely right. But, look, yeah, I agree with you. I think top seven are locked in. I I think... I think the Cowboys are gone, and I don't think South have the man, you know, the power, the strike power yeah. left without. I mean, I mean, you have a look at the Cowboys, right? They've got the Dolphins this weekend, who they should dispatch of. They mm-hmm. should, they should beat, they should beat the Dolphins. They come up against Penrith now. Years gone by, Penrith rest their players, but they're starting to strategically do that the last month and a bit. They've left players out, you know, they've mm-hmm. they've held players back. Someone's got an injury. Okay, you can sit it out. So I don't think they need to do that mass overhaul of not having 13 of your 17 best players play like they did last year against the Cowboys. I think Penrith in the last round, if they know they can win the minor premiership, they're going to go for it. They'll tell you that they don't really care about it, but they're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but any kind of slip up now from the Broncos, just, you know, if the Broncos lose and Penrith win this week, then they're, they're probably going to be the minor premiers. And they, they may rest it. So that, that goes in the Cowboys' favour as well. The Roosters have a... They've got the Tigers, I believe. Yep, correct. Yeah, they've got the Tigers and then the Rabbits. So that's that's going to be... The Rabbitohs game is going to be a tough game, but I think they're going to have enough to get over the top of it as well. See them walk back for the Roosters as well. So I think that's going to be... That's, that's going to be a great shootout, the fact that we've got three teams going into one. Um, Melbourne, we've, set, we've declared Melbourne safe. Well, Melbourne are safe. I'm declaring the Sharks safe. I'm declaring the Knights safe. I'm putting the Raiders on life support. 
and I'm calling the Rabbitohs gone. Now, Terry, this is, something, this is something you've wanted to discuss for weeks. We actually bumped it last week because something happened late. Terry Sinbin, all yours, the boys, mate. Talk to us. I get that you need to have them. I get that we need to have buys or the players need to have rests. I don't like the fact that we award two points for a buy. This is the only sport in the world that hands out points for doing nothing, essentially. Uh, the NBA, you don't get points, but that goes on a different kind of scoring system there. But you don't need to, one, we don't need to give points for buys. And two, three buys this year, maybe a bit overkill. Because we still got teams having buys in round 26 and round 27. Last year that didn't happen. We, you know, the buys stopped around about round 20. Uh, if we're going to continue with this, we we need the players rest, and I get it. The player welfare and everything comes back into it. But surely there is a better solution to this, and it's one that we always talk about, and that's the rep round. Shut the competition down for three weeks play your origin game or two weeks, play your origin game on a Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, have the players who elect to go and play for their country in there and everyone else just gets a rest. Everyone else gets a rest. And then maybe do maybe do one buy for everyone else as well. But we don't need to have this three buy system. We don't need to award points for doing nothing. The most frustrating thing as well is going in and doing your ladder predictors now is that I get it, the 17 teams in the competition, it's so annoying. It's so annoying that we're awarding points for this. Shut it down. Get the 18th team in as quick as we can. Get the rep round into it. Oh, Dan, I hate it. I really hate the buys. It just, I get it. You know, we have to have it. We have to have it now. But round 27, like Parramatta, Parramatta have got to buy. Round 26, the Rabbitohs have got to buy. Like, you know, Rabbitohs fans were lauding the fact that they had a buy in round 26 until Latrell Mitchell decided to elbow someone in the back of the head and now they're going to miss him for round 27. It's, you know, odd numbers in the competition, yes, you've got to have it. It's stupid awarding points. There's no foresight to the NRL turning around and going, we've got the, the 17th team coming in. We can't tell you when the 18th team is going to happen. You're just going to have to put up with this crappy draw. No, get the 18th team in as quick as we can. Give everybody a buy. Shut the competition down for three weeks. Don't give anybody any points. It's that simple. Now, Dan. Talk to me, Terry. You and I, we do love a good rumour. We do love a little bit of innuendo. But we hate the stupid rumours. Talk to me. During the week, Terry, as I'm sure you're uh, aware, Jack White and backflipping on... The rabbits was floated by an account. I don't know who it was. I don't care. First and foremost, I hate these rumors. This is just is just silly. And it, you know, this is a two part drop kick this week. One, the person who started this rumor is a drop kick for starting a rumor that's obviously not true. Jack White's come out and shut it down really quickly, which I actually really like. I hate when these rumors are out there. Like you get these these WhatsApp messages of oh, this player's this and this, and the clubs know it's crap and they don't say anything in it. It sort of becomes folklore almost, and then, you know, nothing ever happens. People forget about it. You just want the club to come out and just say, shut your mouths. It's not true. It's crap. So huge props to Jack One. But the major issue I have with this is you can't just backflip on deals anymore. There was a time where you'd sign contracts and you had that ridiculous waiting period of, you know, months and months and months. Then they brought it back to, to a smaller, and then it became like a week. 
That's not there anymore. You sign a contract, you're obligated. Now, Jack Whiten's quite within his rights to, if he wanted to change his mind, go to South and say, hey, look, this and this have come up. I don't want to come there anymore. What can we do? And South can say, hey, we'll see you on November 2nd. Or they can sit and work it out. And, of course, Canberra would have to, you know, it's a whole mess. But players can no longer just go, hmm, you know what? I don't think I'll go there. Like a couple of years ago, I'm sure everyone will remember James Tedesco signed for Canberra. Months later, decide, eh, don't like the look of that, and backflipped, as was his right at the time. Completely messed up Canberra's recruitment, which, you know, you're not going to catch me crying any tears for. But even further back, Nelly Cherubin signs a monster deal for the Titans. The Titans say, oi, where where our cat's full, we can't sign, we're not talking to players. DCE backflips, sign a huge deal with Manly. You know, and the Titans are still catching up now, however many, eight or ten years later. But the fact of the matter is, the NRL took the appropriate steps. You cannot backflip just cause anymore. So these, these rumours of, oh, gee, Souths are going to be angry, backflip. You cannot backflip. It's a process now. It is much, much better. It, of course, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And if it comes out that White does want to stay, so be it. Don't start bullshit rumours. And don't start bullshit rumours that aren't even believable. Please, at least make them fun. Now, Terry, we got a um, a busy set restart here. I this supposed to be quick fire. I don't know. They might take some discussion, but the uh, look, the words the Tigers fans did not want to hear. The chairman says he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Now, Lee Haggy Pintellis has said rightfully so. I'm not going to step down. Why should I? It's not my fault. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Uh, you know, Justin Pascoe has failed to deliver anything in his time as the CEO. This guy has failed. I don't know how long he's been the chairman for now, but it's incredible. Um, you know, they, they haven't had a plan whatsoever since they've been there. And in all honesty now, Dan, how long do you think it's going to be until the Tigers play one fi- one more finals game? Because oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that squad. I'm looking at their plan. I'm looking at how they're turning around saying, oh, Benji Marshall is going to be this and Robbie Farrow is going to, he's not going to be the assistant coach anymore. He's going to be the general manager because we want John Morris in there. And, you know, we've signed a whole heap of junior players that we don't know if they're going to be any good or not, but no current first graders want to come to us because we're back-to-back spooners. Five, six years, seven years? Could they go two decades without playing a finals game? It's not impossible. I'm going to lock in three. I think, I think if you get recruitment done well, it's a three-year turnaround. Now, I thought they recruited well last year, but they, they haven't improved. They've gone backwards. And that's not that's not opinion. That's factual. Unless by some chance the Dragons proverbially the bed, but I can't see that happening. You had those, you had those kids they've signed in, and I think Caesar is clever, and I think Sullivan is can be a good footballer. I just Bull is the star. He if he comes good, if he has a Tedesco like rise, three years. If not, it could be five to six. Yeah, but the thing with Jareen Buller is he, he he hit the NRL by storm and now like the last four or five weeks, he hasn't really done much. No, true, but I mean, the season's done. This is his first year in first grade. I, I've seen enough. The season was done when he came into first grade though, dude. Look, true, but he had to prove himself. And you're right, factually, you're right. But I I, I think there's a, there's a superstar footballer there. Look, now those I haven't seen the quote, he's come out and said that until the job is done, i.e. they win a premiership, He's not going anywhere. All I heard from Tigers fans all day was, let's win a premiership and get rid of this bloke. But yeah. I guarantee you, Terry, the second they win a premiership, he'll go, 
well, I got another 20 years in me because I can get it done. Yeah. And Justin Pascoe will be like, well, we've got the formula now, so we might as well stay on together. Uh, look, I could, I could, we could do a whole episode on the Tigers and what they need to do and what they shouldn't do and, you know, how far, how long it's going to be. I, I'm with you. I'm probably I'm probably a little bit longer down the track. I think it's going to be – I reckon I'm going to be in my 40s when the Tigers make the finals. Um, yeah. Rough scene. Rough scene. But, uh, mate, a player who has come under a lot of, well, conjecture this week. Mm-hmm. Lazy Latrell Mitchell, mate. We've seen oh, pundits, fans going hard on Latrell. What do you make of his performance? What do you make of his midweek beer? Any other thoughts? I mean, his performance, how can you call him lazy when he made 200 and something metres? Okay. The, the, the worst part about social media is people drop screenshots to make something negative, right? So the Rabbitohs made a break on the right-hand side of the field and they said, well, where was Latrell in support? Latrell was in the middle. He didn't know they were going short side. He was ready for the decoy play. You could see Lachlan Ellis, you could see Cody Walker, and you could see Latrell Mitchell. So he was getting ready for the sweeping play out to Alex Johnson's wing. The other thing that I have with this targeted... Um, this the, the, the target that they paint on Latrell Mitchell is the wrong people are doing it. The wrong people... like. Seeing James Magnuson come out and say, oh, you know, you shouldn't have had a midweek beer. Brother, you're in a Stillnox ring over in the Olympics and you were running around a hotel at four o'clock in the morning trying to disrupt other people's preparations and you lost the unlosable race. So you probably just need to shut your mouth, like mm. straight up there. Then the other person who's going in is Brayton Astor. And we all saw how good you were at fullback for the Tigers, mate. Like pipe down. It's it's the wrong people having to go at him. It's not coaches coming out and having to go at Latrell Mitchell because if you talk to his coaches, if you talk to Brad Fittler, if you talk to Michael Maguire, who um, has been involved with him uh, in some point in his life, if you speak to Wayne Bennett, they all rave about him. They all turn around and just praise how good he has been in you know Origin camps, Australian camps, the Roosters camps. It wasn't Michael Maguire's and Forest Trent Robinson and. Um, they all rave about him, but it's the wrong people doing the wrong. Yes, Souths are in bad form, but you don't need to go after Cody Walker and, and Latrell Mitchell just because it's cheap and it's easy and it's going to get your reaction point of view. Go after the halfback who's underperformed. Go after Jason Demetrio for picking Tane Milne over Tyron Munro. Go after the forwards not laying a foundation for him to go forward. Go after the fact that they went short side despite the fact they had the left edge ready to run a play. But Latrell Mitchell, if you go after these people, if you go after Lachlan Elias and you go after Tom Burgess getting suspended, it's not going to get you the likes and clicks that you want. Lazy journalism or lazy Latrell, it's lazy journalism. Couldn't agree more. Now, I am, well, we're both unashamed of Latrell Mitchell fans, so I should just put it out there. I don't think he played well on the weekend. I, I, I straight up don't think he played well. Newcastle. Yeah, but I don't think he was lazy. No, me neither. I just don't think he played well. Now, Latrell, the. Co- the criticism on the trail is that he can go missing in big games, but then you see him bust up out of nowhere. And he won the Roosters a premiership with his one play in that grand final. Mm-hmm. He's won origins on the back of one play. This bloke is, was the best centre in the game, and you cannot talk me out of that. It wasn't even close. On his day, no one could match the trail Mitchell. The only bloke who could get anywhere close was on the opposite side of the field in Joey Manu. It's only the trail going to fullback that Manu has claimed to be in the best centre. 
Now, at fullback, okay, this weekend, I don't think he was good. There was a bomb that went up that he looked at the winger, the winger looked at him, it bounced in, the troll took it and looked to pass. I know where this is coming from, but this is a bloke who made 200 metres and was backing up numerous times. I could go in and find 10 screenshots of backup runs he made where he didn't receive the ball. That is lazy. That is cherry-picking one thing and building a case around one thing. Now, I get it. We've all done it for likes and, ha-ha, we're upset and Souths fans online, but this was a genuine attack. Again, yep. this is a bloke who's on big money and expected to do big things, but this is a guy who's come off a long-term injury. You can't. His, his body's not right. He's not 100% fit. I think he would admit that. Now, the big issue I had was midweek we saw him get on stage, drink a beer with a, with a country music star. I don't know who he is. I'm not cool. I don't get it. These blokes obviously do. And everyone's going, oh, that's bad, that's bad. That was on Tuesday night. The game was on the weekend. It's not as though they had a Thursday game and this is Wednesday night, in which case I would say, eh, that was dumb. Now, I don't I don't agree with the look. I don't think NRL players, Nico Hines included, should be up there drinking with these stars and getting in the reaction, blah, blah, blah. But Nico Hines had just won a, a game a couple of nights earlier for his team and was on an off day and went to a concert. Okay, I get it. These players are allowed personal lives. Now, that doesn't mean they should be at Norby's punching on beers and, and getting into fights at 3 a.m. and stuff. But this was a midweek thing at a decent time. He wasn't acting the fool. And James Magnuson, I'm glad you brought that up. I call him the dud missile. This is a bloke who had the world at his feet and fell short at the end because of decisions he made and then, you know, acted up. Whatever. It all happens. We've all done dumb things. But for him to go after Luttrell, even if I believed in what he was saying, I would say, no, no way. I think Luttrell is a fantastic player. I think his moment of madness has cost his team huge. I get the criticism, but I don't think he's lazy. Now, Terry, we have an announcement. Mm Mm-hmm. Wayne Haas is officially uncatchable when it comes to the zero tackle MVP. Now, for those that don't follow on the website, there's four of us that vote every single week. We give five, four, three, two, one in every game NRL across end origin, but origin's completely separate. So, Payne Haas has now got an unassailable lead. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think he's uh, been one of the best players in the competition this year. I like. Like the Penrith players, I do think that when it comes to the Dalian medal that he's got a teammate that's going to rob a lot of points off him. And I think in Haas's case, he's got a few teammates recently that are going to rob some points off him because Herbie Farnworth's been unplayable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reese Walsh has been unplayable. Adam Reynolds has been unplayable. Pat Carrigan has been unplayable. And Ezra Mim has been unplayable as well. And Billy Walters had a career game the other night. So then when you're talking about that, there are any one of... Th- Penrith players, you know, I think Isaiah has won the ABC Grandstand Award. Um, but when it comes to the Daily M medal, I think you're going to have Nathan Cleary, Dylan Brown, Jerome Luai, Stephen Crichton, Brian Toto, James Fisher-Harris, all those guys taking points off them. So when it comes to the big one, I think Sean Johnson's going to run away with it. Uh, I love seeing front rowers and, and, and back rowers get recognition. I loved it when Jason Tomawolo won the Daily M medal. So I'm glad that you guys at the knock-on have awarded Payne Haas the uh, the MVP. I think that's great. Um, if you listen to Gordon Tallis on Triple M the other day, you're a fool for it because he said that Payne Haas wasn't a top three prop in the game and didn't deserve a million dollars. So that's where I, I, I said, I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, I'd love to be on the votes next year as well. Maybe I can get that done, Scott, if you're watching. It's uh, this way. 
Now, obviously, I held vote in this, so I agree. Um, <laughs> so with the Imagine three, if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, look, amazing. I went back and checked real quick, and I put Payne Haas as my either man of the match or four or three, I think more than anyone. So I am a humongous fan. I think he's had a tremendous season. Look, the Dalliams aren't about – it's not the same. It's not the same award, let's be honest. I think Sean Johnson's going to win the Dalliam. I think if Callum Ponger played three or four more weeks, he probably wins the Dalliam because he would have got 12s for the past five weeks probably. So, you know, the vote, the voting's a little bit different, but the difference between a three and a two in the Dalliam is monstrous because he gets doubled. So a couple in a row in Wooshka, whereas same with the fives. If all four of us put five, that's 20 points. Whereas if someone like, say, Nico has an okay game, some give him one, some give him five, there's huge differences. So obviously this isn't going to mirror the Dalian, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. So yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that Payne Haas should win the Dalian, but I'm saying if he's not top five, there's something wrong with the system because he's been mm-hmm. a top five player this year. Now, the other players that were there were uh, Johnson was there, Nico Hines was there, Reese Walsh polled extremely well, and Adam Fanil Blake was probably the bolter. Um, looking at it now, you'd say, geez, he and Payne Haas are probably the form props of the competition. Don't think you get any argument either or. Not according to Gordon Tallis. Not according to Gordon Tallis. Well, that just proves that we are right. So, uh, congrats to Payne Haas. Votes are still going for another two weeks, and I think we have a finals MVP too, but. Uh, Last year was James Tedesco, who polled very well in the Daly M. Uh, Nico didn't win it, but um, look, either or, I don't think either are wrong. We systems flawed if Nico didn't win it. Now, Terry, there are a lot of teams either searching or potentially looking for a new coach. And we've mm-hmm. seen the names, same names, Rowan, oh, Griffin this and Flanagan that and blah, blah, blah. What about Adrian Lamb, future NRL coach? I really hate the shout. Uh, I think he's he's done very well with Lee. And, you know, he's won the Challenge Cup. And let's face it, Lee this year looked like they were going to be a shambles from the moment they released that jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, like, he's he's done an excellent job with them at the moment, I think. Um, yeah, he's going to play in the right way. And that's – it was good to see the Challenge Cup as well. It was didn't feature one of the big four teams in there. So I was pretty happy with that. I – I would love to see him stay in the Super League for another two or three years before a team takes a pun on him. You don't want him to have the, the Justin Holbrook syndrome, which is then going into the Kevin Wolf syndrome, which has gone to Steve Price and everybody else, although Steve Price did it the reverse way. I am, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him get just chalk a few more seasons up to see how he can go. He's recruited really well. And yeah, I, I mean, it's refreshing to see these new names being thrown up rather than, you know, I know he's your mate and I know you've interviewed him, but seeing Matty Elliott's name jump up, Anthony Griffin's name jump up, all the coaches that you don't really want near your club. Um, yeah, I think he's got a future. I'd just love to see him do it for a couple more years over in Super League. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm a big proponent of we got to give these guys a, a chance. Like, we've seen Sam Burgess going over there. If he goes, well, I've no doubt he'll be coaching NRL before too long. I, I think that's pretty obvious to anyone. But, you know, Lamb, very likable guy, despite the fact he's a Queenslander, and that says a lot. And he's gone over there, and he's got all the passion in the world. You know, he had he had some time at Wigan, and he was sort of very, very popular over there. He's turned his son into a superstar. Son kicked the winner, the, the golden point winner, field goal. Mm-hmm. Ripper of field goal, too. It wasn't a plant 10 metre out, ice in his veins, Nathan Cleary field goal. There's a crack. It was, it was fantastic. Brilliant theatre, and, you know, 
with the greatest respects to Lee, I mean, they're not Wigan, they're not St. Helens, they're not, you know, Warrington. They are fourth in the Super League, though. So Catalans are running away with it at the moment. Wigan a second, St. Helens a third. And then you've got Lee in there at four. And they've sneakily beaten the teams above them. So, I mean, he's doing a great job and his son's playing incredibly well as well. But as I said, just don't, don't, if you're an NRL club looking for a coach, don't go after him just because he's had one good season. And if you're Adrian Lamb, don't go for that payday just because you've had one season. Because as good as you've been at Lee, if you end up coaching the Tigers, brother, you get sacked in 18 months. Just be patient. Now, Terry, it's time for uh, the mailbag. Ooh, you know, I haven't seen again, questions again. No, I've seen them. You haven't. So I'm just going to hit you with them and get your thoughts first up. So this one comes from our great mate at ryan.ch underscore 98. What a name, by the way, just quietly. At the moment, Latrell isn't fit enough to be fullback, but has the potential to be great. Uh, I would like to see him moved away from fullback. I really would. I, South Sydney's um, issue in the back line. Is, yeah, look, go, go out and get yourself a strike fullback. Find a, find a decent junior who can go and play there. Put Jack White in there. Get Latrell out of it. Get him in the centres and let him play the Joey Manu role where he can pop up any anywhere on the field and then he just has to go back and defend at centre. Um, I don't think it's a, a case that he's not fit enough. He had 24 runs on the weekend for 200 metres and, you you know, you can't be a scrub doing that. Um, I put him back in the centres where he excelled and where he plays his best football and where he plays his representative football. That's the answer for South Sydney. I he doesn't get involved enough, so I know I know where this is coming from. I don't I don't think it's a fitness thing. I think it's a he doesn't come across as a natural fullback to me. I think yeah. he he doesn't have those instincts of oh I see this a tremendous player. I mean, if yeah. he came to Crowell tomorrow, I'd be over the moon. over the moon, right? Over the but, moon as long as he was playing centre. Absolutely, he and Campbell Graham are the best centre pairing, and that should be the New South Wales centre pairing next year. Let's let's face it. I'm going to go controversial here, and I think I want him involved more in defence because he gets frustrated, and at the back he's not making tackles every set, and he's thinking, and he's doing stupid things. If he's watching his opposition centre and he's hitting him twice or three times or even four times, you know, in a five-minute period, he's switched on. He's not making these dumb decisions. So I think I think it's moved to centre beckons, but on the money he's on, can't see it happening. Now, this one this is a big hot take. This one comes from nqcowboys.news. So I was expecting something Cowboys, but it isn't. The Warriors have a better chance at the grand final than the Broncos. Well, I, I, said this, I said this the other day on, I think it was on Outlaws, that I think the Warriors match up a little bit better because they they throw the ball around and that's, that's what Penrith hate. Kind of hate teams that get the offloads, and if you had any chance against them, I it's it's the it's the immovable object though, right? Is that Penrith's defense is so good that they could probably just shut that down. And yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a, it it's a two horse race at the moment for mine, but the war like the Warriors are right there, and whilst I don't think they can win it, I definitely think that. The worst part for the Warriors is they're in that two versus three game. So if they end up two versus three against the Broncos and lose, they go over to Penrith's side of the draw, and I think that that does them. So 
I mean, win, beat beat the Broncos, get yourself a home final, get yourself into the grand final. I'd love to see it. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I think if they if they lose week one of the finals, and if they lose week one of the finals against the Broncos, I think they're done. I'm super boring. You took the words right out of my mouth. Whoever wins two versus three plays Panthers in the grand final. It's as simple as that. Because if the the difference between them hosting a prelim and then having to go to Penrith. Or you know, Allianz or Homebush, whatever, wherever Penrith choose to play the game, is night and day. Plus the fact that they'll be playing back to back to back. Sean Johnson, for all his brilliance, hasn't you know he had that one tremendous World Cup where he hit form at the right end. You know they went on a grand final, you know, and he was pretty good. But he doesn't have that reputation, whereas an Adam Reynolds definitely does. Whereas the biggest games are where Adam Reynolds steps up the most. And if you had to give me Reynolds or Johnson on grand final days versus clear, I'm taking Reynolds every day. Even though well, I think it Sean didn't Johnson work was, once before, though. He yeah, missed, he look, missed it, didn't. it didn't. Look, yes, but I'll blame Cody Walker for that. But I think in terms of ceiling, I think Sean Johnson's best game is better than Adam Reynolds' best game. Mm-hmm. I think Fanua Blake is the best forward in the game, but Payne Hutz is a very close number two. I think these two teams, I think the gap between Penrith and Brisbane is a lot bigger than the gap between Brisbane and the Warriors. I think either of those two teams, I know I'm sitting on the fence. I'm going to lean just towards Brisbane because their centre pairing is excellent. Whereas I think, with the greatest respects, the Warriors probably isn't. But yeah, the the Warriors' biggest weakness is their centre combination. Definitely. But then you got Dallin scoring tries for fun. So. Because they cut the centre out. <laughs> Look, they, they do. They know they have to. I'm, I'm uh, Broncos, just. But I don't hate that shit. But the big question for mine is, who's the 5'8 going into the finals? Is it Tamari Martin or is it Luke Walsh? Uh, sorry, is it Luke Metcalf or Tamari Martin? Tamari Metcalf. He's got him the third place. See, Warriors fans don't want him. Warriors fans no. don't want him. No kicking game called him a ball hog. Playing pretty well. Or you can release him back to Cronulla then if you got a problem. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Knock On brought to you by Zero Tackle. Always great content on that website. Dan, what have we got coming up this week? Well, I'll tell you what we don't have. I've just checked my Dan's real quick. It's, well, someone, Scott, <clears throat> has passed on an article written by someone and they've copied and pasted their AI prompts in the article. Uh, I don't think that'll last very, very long, but I guarantee you that won't be it. Now, I've just finished my rankings late on this afternoon. I took some time out of work where I was very busy otherwise if the bosses are watching. But uh, look for those. There may be a shock, or maybe there isn't. We'll have to find out. Yeah, look, and uh, for everyone else who missed the interview with uh, Glenn Humphreys, go out and do it. The book is absolutely incredible. I'm a few chapters into it now. It's really hard to put it down. Uh, Yeah, so make sure you go and get that. $19 at your nearest Big W. It is an incredible read. If you haven't seen the interview that Dan did with Glenn Humphreys uh, for the launch of Jack Gibson's fur coat, get on there and watch it. Ignore Dan. Glenn Humphreys was amazing. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again next week.